tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome in. Second hour on a Monday. We'll get you through the week here on Rabot and Co. ESPN 681057. Hanging out with Zach Cantrell. I am Louis Rabot. Got you till noon, Bobby V. After us, and of course, roundtable three o'clock. Got you local till six o'clock today. After that, we will have the Jeff Brom show. Um, after the Cardinal Insider on 93.9, Seahawks Eagles at 7.30 tonight on 6.80. We'll join in progress on 93.9 at 8 o'clock, all stations tonight. So if you're driving around, we'll have that Monday night football game for you. That is Seahawks Eagles, as I mentioned. Uh, we'll also have Bellarmine basketball. They're playing Utah on the road. 8.45 pregame, 9 o'clock tip on 6.80, That's Wednesday night after the high school hour here on 6.80, They might actually be off this week as high school... Uh, they're wrapping up, you know, getting ready for uh, <clears throat> era. <laughs> Texter. Striebel's already driving 90 in a 55 zone on his show. He doesn't need to go to a men's clinic. No, you're right. You're right. He doesn't. All right, so let's get into Louisville basketball. They win the game yesterday against Pepperdine. And, um, hey, look, they don't just win it. Right, let's let's talk about what really happened. They, they, they punished them. Uh, they 85-63, uh, easily probably the most complete game outside of Texas that Louisville's played the entire season. And, you know, Kevin Knox is in, um, or Carter Knox, right? Excuse me, what am I doing? Kevin Carter. Carter Knox is in uh, in the stands watching. Five stars there with his parents. Um, good news for them. Uh, lots of space to uh, stretch out. Uh, when you're a tall guy, Zach, you need space to stretch out, I'm told. Um, that's not something I have to worry about. It's solid. I don't know. What am I, 5'10"? I have no idea. How tall are you, Zach? You, you about the same height as me? I can't even. I'm like 5'7". Okay, there you go. Whatever. Um, I, I, I've lied about my height many times, but. On the dating app, do you have to lie just to even have a girl swipe yeah, at all? Yeah, you kind of do. Yeah, it is. What you got to be like, I'm five nine at least. Do the women know that they're getting into that? Like, like I can watch. You know, like they list a basketball player at six three, and I know he's really six one. Right. No, okay. That's it's exactly like that. How okay. it works. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I'm out of the game. I'd be listed at six zero. She'd meet me. She'd be like, No, it's not happening. All right. So they get the win yesterday, and and Bozich has an article today at WDRB, and and I've gotten a lot of texts asking for for comments about, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. But I do want to talk about how, you know, Kenny Payne after the game talks about, and Zach, if you could have some of this sound ready, if they've talked to Josh Hurd at all, because at this point, what's, what's 
what's interesting is the process, right? It isn't, um, you know, the big picture part of this is the process. How is it that they're approaching Coach Payne about his future here and what that looks like, right? And Josh Hurd, I think it's worth reminding people, is a Jurich disciple. He's going to move at a Tom Jurich type pace with all of these decisions, which is to say deliberately. With personnel decisions, Jurich was very deliberate, okay? And, you know, in the case of like a Cragthorpe getting a full extra season, when it was very clear to most people that the third year with him was not going to work, and it did. There will be no Monday announcement, Bozich writes. Payne met with U of L athletic director Josh Hurd last week, but said the conversation was about improving the performance of the program. Quote, I have, no, uh, if it, he was asked if uh, he had talked directly to Hurd about the status of his job. And by the way, kudos, because whenever we're, we make fun or, or we joke or whatever, or we, we criticize, we should also praise. Media did a good job in the post game yesterday. Asked the right questions, I thought, and we got insightful answers, I thought. Uh, from Payne about his job quote I have not I believe Josh uh, I believe Hurd wants us to be good he wants us to make this fan base proud I know he wants the guys to enjoy being here I have the same goals so that's interesting so let's get into that Um, that was KP Uh, let's go KP4 here Uh, do you feel like you're coaching for your job and the question uh, will come before it so you'll hear the whole thing Kenny with with all the speculation going around was there any sense that you were coaching for your job today did you did you feel like that um I did not feel like that um but I wouldn't feel like that no matter what um I go out and I focus on the team and the guys and I didn't come here for me um I came here for them and for this community It is remarkable, Zach, how consistent, you know, and it's funny because when the messaging isn't consistent, we criticize. And then now in this case, when the messaging is consistent, there's going to be criticism. And it is the, the word community. He uses it, it. It's not just a buzzword for him. It's it's a it's a constant. Right. And, and so it, it's interesting to hear him talk about this because um. I don't know how he clearly doesn't care what the reaction is going to be to his answers. And and to me, look, we could be critical of that. But at the same time, I don't think you want a man making three and a half million dollars to care what the outside criticism is. Except that <laughs> no one's there. And, and at some point you do have to placate a little. Let's play number one here. Uh, this is the response that I was just talking about. Um, have you talked to Josh Hurd specifically about your job status? Coach, have you spoken to Josh about the status of your job? I have not. <laughs> what a great cut. Who cut that? <laughs> I have not. That was the rest of the quote there uh, that I read to you. Um, you know, I, I just um, – th- there, there was a conversation as well with the players, and I think it was Mike James who said – you know, they asked him, hey, have, have you talked to Josh Hurd? Have you talked directly to the athletic director? And this is where I want this conversation to go. And and he said something like, hey, I don't think that's something I should talk about in a press conference. And I think two things are true. The first is, I think you 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 have to ask that question. And, and it is the job of people covering that team to ask that question. So number one, good job there. Number two, I think the response is totally fine. I think saying, you know, the, you know, what I talk about with the athletic director of the place that I play in private is going to stay in private. 
And now to me, I think that's also an affirmative answer. It means you have talked to him, right? That you have met with the athletic director. And there was a question on Diener on Friday. It was really interesting. Uh, or excuse me, on, on uh, Fast Break Friday with Bob. And Paul Rogers asked the question to Bob. Is it appropriate for the athletic director to talk to the players? Or should he make a decision without their input? And Bob's response was a good one. And it was nuanced, which was, you know, 15 years ago, I would have said, no, don't talk to the players. Just make a decision. But in the modern era, I think it's worth remembering this time a year ago, Sky Clark left the Illinois team. He's on the U of L team right now. There's precedent in that locker room of guys just quitting, just walking away. Now, reasoning is what it is. I'm not, by the way, I'm not, that is a factual state of not a, not a qualitative statement. The guy left the team last year at this time, whether it was the right decision or not, whatever. I'm not talking about that. He just did. And if you gave a bunch of these guys, hey, we're, we're getting rid of the coach, we're putting this guy in the interim, and then five of them say, hey, I don't want to play anymore. Are you really better off is the real question. And I think, Bob, I think that's a reasonable take by Bob. Because guys have, look, and it is it is a reasonable thing for them to have. They they play, people watch them, universities, and, and people make money on it. <laughs> they should probably also have a say in what the goings, you know, the comings and goings of their own program. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's what we're finding out here. But if you're going to do that, you need people on the other side to be honest with you yeah. and to be able to trust you. Yes. So for a player to come out and say, I'm not going to talk about that in a press conference, shows a level of trust with the AD that I think is a little better than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. That those two are able to sit down and have that conversation and for one of the parties to not talk, and that's on the Josh Hurd side. Because, by the way, there is nothing he can say right now that is going to placate the, the fan base. No. Nope. There just isn't. Mm-mm. Because what does he come out and say? We believe in Kenny and they fire him next week? <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, we're getting rid of him? He can't do that. No. There's very little that that guy can say right now. It isn't like over the summer when, gosh, it would have been really nice to hear Coach Payne talk about, here's the scheme we're playing. We'd really like to have Sky Clark off the ball. Or we'd like to do this. Or we're going to, you know, we're going to play zone and we're going to try this lineup. And, you know, because he's talked sort of in generalities about how he wants to play. Oh, we want to play fast. Well, every coach says that. We want to press every coach says that, right? In his case, I do think there was a chance to reach out to the fans after a 4-28 and season yeah. and go through those things. I don't think that's Mike James's job. And so I, I think he did, you know, I think the response to that was, was legitimate. Yeah. But I think you do have to ask the question. So, I mean, it's bad sports talk radio, but I think it's okay uh, that he didn't answer the question. You have to talk about it. The questions do have to You be have asked. to ask the questions. But I'm fine with him not answering uh, it because right. there are cer- certain things that you don't have to talk about in the media. And that's one of them. I can't read that one about Strebel and alcohol. It's it. <laughs> a good text. But the players have so much more power now because, yes. you know, they can yes. just transfer out. They that's can right. leave. Like, just stop 10, playing. Yeah, 10, 15 years ago, yeah. the players' input doesn't really matter. Now you have to have the players' input. It's just reality. Yeah. Sky Clark also went to four different high schools. He's not alone in that kind of thing, by the way. I, I just, you know, come down the text line. four three seven nine six eighty. Keep the text coming here on Rabo and Co. I, you know, with this stuff, um, <laughs> I just, with this stuff and with Kenny Payne, people need to keep asking the questions, but I also understand on the player side, not wanting to have that publicly, like I said. Here's the, the comparison I wanted to make. And I did the, the, the old John, John L. Smith tease. 
So very famously, John L. Smith at the halftime of the GMAC Bowl, it was an it, it it leaked that he was going to Michigan State and leaving Louisville. Your guy, after, John L. I will talk about that in a second. <laughs> and you know they had just finished a a seven and six season. Frankly, for what he had done at Louisville the years prior, eleven and two and nine and three, was down for him. Mm-hmm. And they lose the GMAC Bowl because I mean what's interesting actually of all the success that uh, that John L. Smith has, he was one and six in bowl games in his career. Right, that's right. And he takes the 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 Michigan State job, and. And frankly, it, it just didn't it just didn't work at Michigan State. I don't know why he goes five and seven, five and six, four and eight before he's fired. Yeah. And in two thousand six, in his last season there, they are they're bums. The yeah. team's just bums at Michigan State. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they go to, to Northwestern, and with nine minutes and fifty four seconds left in the third quarter, yep. they're trailing thirty eight to three. Thirty eight three. Yep. And they win the game 41-38. I think it's still the biggest comeback in the history of college football. It is. It was at the FBS level. It certainly was at the time. I think yes. it still is. 38 unanswered points. They beat Northwestern to improve to 3-4 and four against a 2-5 and five Northwestern team. Yeah. And I remember how excited people were. Oh, sure. And then I remember someone saying out loud, have you guys forgotten the last two seasons? Do you have my Strebel sounder of the day? Could you play that for me? Because yesterday was that. Remember last year? Louisville football beat Duke. And was it Duke and, oh God, Virginia? Going into the Kentucky game. Oh, they've righted the ship. They've got this going. Satterfield's helping out with defense, blah, blah, blah. And then Kentucky trucked them. You remember what we called that? Tell me again how great their offensive line is with blocking bums. They, they again the bum bump happened and they're reveling in it and they're going to get smacked in the face with reality. The bum bump is fake and you're all going to figure that out on Saturday. Bum bump. That's what yesterday was. Beating a, a bad Pepperdine team, and it's okay to say. And you know what's interesting? I don't think anybody's fooled by it. I didn't see overreactions to it. I didn't see CCC. Uh, I didn't see y'all need to just give him time. I got more joke texts from people. Oh, he needs some time. You know, four, five, six years. Yeah. And they're UK fans. Hey, give give the fan base some credit. They're not dumb. They, they oh, saw right no. That is, that is rule number one of doing any media in this market. People, especially on basketball. People know their basketball. Yes, they you do. You cannot BS them. Yep. You cannot BS them. That's why... I talk about the things that I understand about basketball and I do not dabble in the things that I don't because there is a a level of competence with with basketball fandom around here that is is undeniable. It I just thought, is. Yeah, I thought when Go you on. brought up John L. Smith, I thought you were going to talk about his halftime rant against Ohio State after the blocked <laughs> field goal. He's like, the players are out there playing hard. The coaches are screwing it up. <laughs> but I want to give, again, point. fan credit. Yes. Media credit. Player credit. Everyone did the things that I think are, are advisable. Yeah, I also want to say kudos to the players for just going out and actually winning a game because that ain't, the, yesterday wasn't coaching. Let's be very clear. Yesterday was just the guys deciding they were going to go thump Pepperdine. It's the first time this year they really haven't made any headlines after a game. Just They just took care of business. took care of business. If they would just do that against New Mexico State and other teams, we wouldn't be talking about it. Let's get to exactly that. 
Uh, this is post game now. Let's do number one from the post game here. Hey, uh, asking Kenny Payne essentially, hey, what happened tonight that didn't happen against Arkansas State? Kenny, I know you said that you haven't talked to Josh about a job status, but in terms of a trajectory moving forward or, or how to move forward with this program, have you had any conversations with him since Arkansas State? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that of how to um, how do we take this to the next level? How do we um, make sure that, you know, we are playing in a way that we build momentum? not just within the program, but in the community and in the, so that people are proud about this program. Um, you know, I believe Josh wants us to be good. He wants us to, to make this fan base proud. Um, and I know he wants for the guys to enjoy being here. So, um, and I have the same goals. The other part of that is, and it's interesting to hear him talk like that, about what Herd wants and what they want as, as part of this program. It, eventually, though, the economics of it just just have to be the driving force. I did. <laughs> Thank you. It's all right. Eventually, the 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 driving force will be economics. Texter texting it, by the way. Taylor Lynch got three phone calls after the Pepperdine win. And and I, I remember seeing that. Twitter. I actually retweeted it because to me, you know, pe- I, I think people – you know, they make fun of post-game shows or whatever. No, 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 no. I get that 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 post-game shows have two purposes, obviously for programming, but the other is just just a therapy session, essentially, after losses and those kinds of things. The UK the UK post-game show is way better when they lose than when they win. Let's oh, be very clear oh, yeah. about this. Must yeah. listen. Last year when they would drop all those decisions on the basketball court. And on the Louisville side, obviously... I think texture the next level is that sub 200 in Ken Palm. It's good text. Uh, go ahead and play this out. I actually asked for it. Go, Zach. Sorry about that. Go ahead, man. You had all the effort plays, 43 rebounds to 27, second chance points, 17 to 7, points in the paint, 40 to 22, 17 assists, almost the complete opposite of what went on last game. How? Why? Why night and day? What happened in this past week? <laughs> uh, for me, you know, I'm going to answer this a little different way. I'm going to answer your question, Bob, by saying Sky Clark was 2 for 11, 0 for 4, but plus minus 19. Mm. That says it all. That's got true. Got assists, got rebounds. Um, Brandon, plus 36. Yeah, we talked about that one. It jumps out at you. you. You look at Mike James, plus 25. Like, guys, those numbers are, if you look at the first six guys' numbers there, that says it all. That means they're playing winning basketball, and it's not just about making shots. Pepperdine, uh, 249 in the net after losing to Louisville. Um, they were 217 going into the game. Yeah, I mean, at some point, um, it just needs someone just needs to say to Kenny, why, why you know, and, and Bob did a good job there. Why is it that your guys show up sometimes and they don't all the time? Uh, Texter, next level, sub-200, and Ken Palm. Texter, how odd was yesterday? UofL wins by a large margin with a five-star attendance. When KP got hired, that was what we expected, and now it's an anomaly. That's a great point by the Texter. Um, Texter, uh, Seth Davis, uh, what if UofL didn't fire uh, Rick Pitino with quotes? See, I can't. I can't. I, I can't do that radio. <laughs> Texter, uh, Kenny's going to be the coach, in my opinion, through mid-January, or through January, excuse me. What do the fans 
uh, do if they are competitive against Kentucky and uh, win 75% of their January games? Do the fans uh, come back? If they do that, yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Now, do you have a certain number of people that have checked out? You do. And that's why I brought up the Taylor Lynch postgame show. You have a certain number that I've checked out. But winning cures everything, man. Period. It, it cures everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, 75% of their games, I will believe that when I see it. Uh, if they won half their games, I think people will get excited. In the ACC? You start winning ACC? That's January. You start winning ACC games, you win half of them? You're competitive in them? People will know. Again, it's pornography at the Supreme Court. I can't tell you what it is. I know it when I see it. If L starts playing competent basketball, I don't know what it looks like, but I'll, excuse me, I can't describe it to you, but I know it when I see it. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Delta Dental. KY.com plans for you, your family, your employees, nationwide network of dentists. Check them out over at DeltaDentalKY.com. On the other end, it was just a fantastic weekend of hoops. We'll talk about that. And, uh, I, you know, just some of the the, the football transfers and, and guys sitting out bowl games, is anything actually sacrosanct? In college football. We'll talk about it next here on ESPN 680-1057. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. You're listening to Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour here on Rabot and Co. ESPN 680-1057. Bobby V in about a half hour. And then, of course, you get round table 3 o'clock. We'll go local till 6 o'clock today here on ESPN 680 1057. We'll have all the bowl games for you this weekend as well Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, Georgia State, Utah State. And um, we'll have a bunch of NFL action as well. We're into that part of the season where they're playing on Saturday. Chargers, Bills. Speaking of Zach's Bills, uh, 745 on 680 and on 93.9 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we'll have the Colts and uh, the Broncos Patriots for you as well. So we'll have all those uh, ready to go for you. Uh, We are your home for the Ravens as well here in Kentucky. And they are back in action on Monday, taking on the 49ers at 815, uh, pregame at 745. Ravens on 93.9, presented by our friends at Liquor Barn, where Kentuckians go to celebrate life. All right, so... We talked about it on Friday. I did a segment on it about how big of a weekend uh, this would be in college hoops starting on Friday night. Uh, UConn and uh, Gonzaga. Your boy got into a little 502 hemp on Friday night, lay down on the couch and watch this game. It's fantastic. All right. So uh, one thing always happens, Zach, when I watch these games is I, I try to, in my mind, put the local teams in the spots of the teams that are playing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the Kansas Indiana game, how would UK have fared in Kansas's spot, for example? How would Kentucky have fared in Baylor's spot in Detroit against Michigan State or being UConn and traveling out in Seattle playing Gonzaga? That kind of thing. Yeah. I try to put those teams in the spot. I've stopped doing that with Louisville. And it, it stood out to me this weekend watching the games that I did that because I used to do that. Years ago, I would do that. How would, how would you have a match up in this game? And when you watch, <laughs> I don't want to out him too much, but Ennis, you know, he tweeted me on, or he texted me on, on Friday, might have been Saturday morning, and he goes, just, he just watched the UConn Gonzaga game, mouth kind of open the whole time. Just how fun those games could be, and, and just a reminder of how far away we are from that at the Up Center right now. Yep. But let's dwell in the good right now. And man, the top of college basketball is so fun this year. U of L is going to have so many games where they're actually playing kind of bummy ACC teams, but then you're going to see some very fun ones. UNC is a fun team. Yes. Clemson's a fun. Clemson's good, man. They are. Gosh, they're, they're man, maybe a possession and a half away from winning at Memphis and still being undefeated. Yeah. And that they're, they're just a good team, and they're going to be tough in the conference too. Right. Alabama goes up to Creighton. That game's 85-82, a fun one in Omaha. By the way, that stadium, Zach, if anyone can get out there, there's two teams that play there that are – the environments are awesome, and I, one of them super random, and there's like 10 people listening right now that know what exactly what I'm talking about. Obviously, Creighton basketball. Nebraska Omaha hockey plays in the same arena, and they put like 16 in for hockey games, mm-hmm. and it's wild. <laughs> it's very fun. Don't ask why I've been out there. All right, so Purdue, Arizona. Something is happening with Purdue that I'm not used to saying out loud, but Zach Eadie's better than he was last year. And that usually doesn't happen. Usually guys get to his stage in his development in college and they just absolutely cap out. Now, if he were actually very good, Zach, he would be in the NBA. You can't teach 7-4 and they love 7-4 in the NBA. Ask the Spurs. A lot of Livy Dunn commercials this morning. Is 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 Dan Issel in charge of the, the the advertising on the TV today? Are you complaining about more Livy Dunn commercials? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Complaint. Whoa, who's complaining? Whoa, whoa! Just feels like a Dan Issel move. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> no one's complaining about Livy Dunn. Don't worry about it. No one. But by the way, this is back to back good, very good games. For Alabama, they had to play Purdue and then Creighton back to back. I know. And they're within a couple possessions in both. Alabama, interesting in the SEC going forward. Yes. But is there a a legitimate chance that Purdue is considerably better than they were last year? Now, considerably, no. But Zach Eady's better, and their guard play is better. Much better. Yes. And that can take you very far in the tournament. It can also be the reason you're bounced very early in the tournament. That's my thing. Purdue's guard play has been fantastic so far this year. We all know, you know what you're getting out of Zach Eady. No question. You know you're getting 20 and 10, bare minimum. But their guards have been fantastic, and we... Keep talking about it. Virginia lost to a yep. 16 seed. Yep. Next year they won it. Purdue's it's, on that trajectory. And they, and he has more help this year, too, with on the defensive end especially. So last year he was like a 13 kind of rebound guy. He's down to like 10.5 this year. But he's scoring two and a half, three more points a game. So watching Edie kind of develop into a different dude has been really fun. Uh, you know, his block totals are going to be what they are. His turnovers, his assists, whatever. They're going to be whatever. You know what you're getting on that end, but the fact that he's turning into a better scorer uh, is interesting. Texter, I'm a Purdue grad. I'm intrigued by how much Matt Painter involves his assistance during the game. P. 
P.J. Thompson calls every set play as offensive coordinator, and Painter has two defensive coordinators. Nice to see an experienced coach not afraid to delegate and rely on others. You know who's good at this, and I hope he gets his stuff figured out, is Juwan Howard. You don't bring in a Phil Martelli if you don't have some awareness of where you are as a head coach, right? It's a... It is a move that you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself and a lot of self-awareness to make. Painter, clearly, he's going nowhere at Purdue. That's his job as long as he wants it. And he's earned it. Let's be clear. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> if you've been to West Lafayette, no offense to the Texan, which is the nice Purdue crack Texan. Uh, West Lafayette is its own place, and it, it's it's just very Big Ten. Iowa City's like it, you know. Um, you know, when you get out of some of these places, uh, you know, these are just college towns. You know, Ames is kind of like this. He, he he's done a great job there. Mackey's very fun to go to games in. Uh, they've got just the right size of arena and how it's built and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just watching the top of this. How good is Arizona? How good is Arizona, Zach? I, I think they might be unbelievably good. They're very good. Yeah. And so for Purdue to do what they did. Now I get it. It's in Indianapolis. It's quote unquote neutral site. Do you remember though early in the in the process of the the transfer portal, Kashad Johnson went to went to Arizona instead of UK. Yeah. What a weird situation that it's worked out best for both teams that it ended up being Trey Mitchell that landed at UK mm-hmm. and Kashad Johnson goes out to Arizona. That's right. Both guys playing big minutes. Both guys big contributors. Kashad Johnson's going to score more than Trey Mitchell. He's going to be more involved that way. But I think Trey Mitchell's a better fit overall for what they're doing right now than Kashad Johnson. And and Kashad Johnson a better fit in Arizona than Trey Mitchell would have been. Just interesting. It worked out for both teams that way. And I think Arizona, I think you're totally right. I think now their depth, because they're playing five guys, 28 minutes, essentially. Mm-hmm. How long can you do that is a great question. Texts are asking, how good is UConn? The answer is they're better than last year, and they won the title, and they won all their games in the tournament by double digits. Yes, and they're better. They're better this year. They, they are, are just better. Yes, sir. Plays better. Um, I don't think the scheme or the coaching's better, but I think whatever they figured out for this group is better than last year. Yeah. So we've got Purdue potential one seed, Arizona potential one seed, UConn potential one seed, Kansas potential one seed, Creighton. They're right there, and they're going to get the opportunities in the Big East, man. They're going to play Marquette. They're going to play Xavier. They're going to play teams in that league. Who knows how much Rick Pitino gets St. John's to develop? Will they be better? Will that be a win that really matters? Dude, I mean, how good is Memphis? They have an older roster than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. That's insane. (laughs) It is insane. But they are. They got dudes, and they got dudes in lots of different spots. They 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 had nine guys. Or excuse me, they had eight guys over the weekend play at least fifteen minutes, and against a good Clemson team. Let's be really clear about what Clemson is. They got Clemson's got dudes. They just do, and they're going to be. I'm going to go right now. UNC wins the league. Clemson finishes second. I could absolutely see that. I have them ahead of Duke right now. See, I think they're that good. And I think something else that we haven't brought up as far as the greatness of the regular season. 
The non-conference games have been phenomenal. Oh. Arizona's playing Duke. They're yeah. playing Wisconsin. They're yeah. playing Michigan State. They're yep. playing Purdue. Yep. Like This is the advantage that college basketball has over college football because college basketball, you can schedule games a year in advance where college football, they're scheduling games for 2038. Michigan State's 5-5 five and five and no one's like they're disqualified from the team. No. Michigan right. State, right. like we, right. we st- we're still convinced they're going to turn it around because right. they're 5-5 five and five and they're playing just an incredibly tough non-conference <laughs> schedule. Non-conference. We're finding out how good these teams are very quickly. Yeah. Uh, texture, uh, the January schedule for Michigan State. This is a great question. At Virginia, Pitt at home, at Miami, NC State at home, at Carolina, at Wake, Duke at home, Virginia at home, at Clemson. <laughs> yeah, see, Texture, look, yeah, he wins 75% of those. He's getting an extension. <laughs> uh, texture, Memphis also just added Newland from Kansas State. Oh, dude, they're, they're ready to go. And in that conference, too, I mean, they're already um, – they're already uh, eight and two. They're undefeated at home. Florida Atlantic is really their only push in in the American. Tulane might be okay. I'm interested to see if Wichita State's got a good team again this year. But after that, man, it kind of drops off. And and I'm interested. Does can Florida Atlantic really run it back? They had one real th- thought of a clunker this year, but otherwise, Dusty May seems to have it going. They got a good squad there for sure. But. Memphis's only losses are to Villanova and on the road to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is showing that's another team we haven't even talked about. Chris Beard's got to go, man, and I don't think anybody's surprised by that. But it, within the SEC, I started this conversation to kind of come back and, and you know to putting the locals in those games, the SEC especially, because if Alabama is a six and four team, <laughs> they're non-con. A reminder that they boat raced Indiana State. 102.80 earlier this year. And now Indiana State, by the way, that's their only loss. They're 10-1. 2-0 in the conference. I mean, and they've beaten everybody on their schedule except for Alabama. Now, they have not played the strongest of schedules, but they've been on the road one, two, three times. One, two of those. Indiana State is, uh, is Coach Lieberman's kind of lookout team. They play Michigan State on the 30th in Breslin. That's going to be a fun one. Um, so that'll that'll catch up too. But getting back to the SEC, if I would finally just get back to the SEC. <laughs> I'll be fascinated going forward. Ole Miss this year kind of reminds me of the Brownell teams at Clemson that start 10-0, 11-0, and then struggle to make the tournament. I think they're going to be better because I think it's obvious that Chris Beard's a better basketball coach than, than what's going on at Clemson with Brownell. And is it not annoying? I mean, I mean this as nicely as I can. The people, the, the give people time people in college basketball that Chris Beard could get freaking Ole Miss turned around this quickly. He's won more games this year than Kenny Payne has at Louisville in two years. <laughs> in a 10-game sample size. South Carolina's 9-1. and one. Mississippi State's 9-2. and two. Auburn is right there. Kentucky, obviously. Tennessee, people think, is really, really good. Alabama has one of the worst records in the league, and I think they are clearly better than that they did lose to ohio state how good do you think ohio state is are they a tournament team this year i think they're gonna make the tournament okay i don't think nine they're seed do much more than that yeah okay roughly but their last two games have been purdue and creighton they lost by a combined nine points alabama's good man they beat oregon already this year they beat that indiana state team i brought up you know how good is Ole miss how good is south carolina how good is mississippi state at the top of that conference i'm not sure but Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, you know, getting into those teams. How good can Arkansas be this year? 
You know, do they have another miracle in, in Missouri? They've already lost four games. That was not the case last year. But that was Memphis, and it was, you know, Kansas. You know, I, are we holding those against against Mizzou to this point? I just don't know. I just think that the top of this, I mean, Zach, we got, what, eight? How many teams do you think you could list that if they got a one seed, you wouldn't be stunned? Are we at 12 right now? Yeah, I would say Purdue, obviously. Yep. Arizona. Yep. Um, Houston. Yep. I'll throw them in there. Good point. Creighton. Yep. UConn. Marquette. Marquette. Baylor. Baylor. North Carolina? Yeah. This is where you start to get to the fringe, right? Kansas. Are Um, we putting Kentucky there yet? If we're going to throw North Carolina in there, then we got to Kentucky. has two losses. One of them's a total bum loss. Yeah, that's probably going to come up. Unless they only lose like three more games this year. Right. Yeah, if they're a four or five loss team, then they'll throw the Wilmington game out, especially if Wilmington's not terrible. Clemson's nine and one, and the, the schedule's in front of them for them to get a one seed. I'll see. Uh, that's a I'll I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. Gonzaga, I don't think I don't think get Gonzaga's a one seed now. Tennessee, so maybe that list is a little shorter than I thought. BYU, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think that's a, yeah. Tennessee might be right on the fringe of that list. Yeah. so maybe eight nine deep right now. Uh, one roughly, yeah. yeah. It's not bad. It's pretty fun, man. Usually we're struggling to figure out four teams that deserve one seeds. Texter, Louie, did, did I hear you guys say, or did I hear it somewhere else, that Louisville has the second or third best talent in the ACC? That was not this show. <laughs> that was not this show, no. Um, I would have to do a deeper dive into why someone thought that. It, it sounds like a hot take, but as far as like recruiting rankings, it might not be a hot take. I'm just not sure. I just haven't done that research. So I can't really stretch. I, I really can't uh, talk on that. Um, UFL fans started clamoring for Scott Drew. Then a couple hours later, Izzo bashed in Baylor's head with a baseball bat. I think you texted that to me actually on Saturday as well. All right, let's get uh, let's get to the last segment. We'll take a break here. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky. DeltaDentalKY.com. Check them out. Uh, if you are a dentist, they have the Dentist Tools tab at the top of the homepage. And you can uh, make sure that you get in and expand your practice with our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. We will have the high school hour on Wednesday on this air, followed by uh, Louisville Sports Live at 7 on 93.9 the same night. Uh, high school hour, it's on Tuesday now? Yeah, LSL is tomorrow night. Ah, it is listed under Wednesday on my show sheet. I apologize for that. So Tuesday night, we will have you uh, all set for LSL. Uh, I wonder what they'll talk about. They're going to struggle. We're going to struggle to talk about it. It's just it. no content right now. That's right. All right, speaking of no content, Roboco continues next. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider.
Rico here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. Texter, the Lincoln Park is appropriate. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Texter, Lincoln Park is appropriate. I've become so numb. <laughs> All right, Roboco, final segment here on a Monday. We'll get you through the week here on ESPN 680-1057, local programming 7 to 6, Bobby V in a couple of minutes. All right, if you have missed any part of the show, Open with UK. Mark Story, nice enough to stop by for about 20 minutes in the first hour. Go back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com. Always check out the ESPN Louisville app as well. Uh, just the uh, best way to get all of our programming all in one easy spot uh, as well. Uh, man, oh man, do 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 do. Now the text line's being a pain in the buttocks. Um, do not need that in my life. There we go. Let um, me make sure. And by the way, it's very funny. When you, when you log back in, Zach. It says, hi, Andy, because, of course, the people that set all these things up are no longer at the station. And so I get greeted as Andy every time I log back into the text line, which is uh, it's unsettling because I can't think of any worse fate for me than to turn into Andy Sweeney. Have to cover the Colts and Pacers and interesting teams. (laughs) What's wrong with covering the Colts? We're good this year. Gardner Minshew, baby. That that was my way of uh, fully tongue in cheek being jealous of actually getting to cover professional teams. So there you go. There you go. Um, I promised in my tease uh, on Twitter today that I would talk about my Derby 150 um, rankings at this point. Zach, are you ready for a little horse racing on a Monday? Let's do it. I don't have a stupid question for you. That uh, No, 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 no. That, whoa, whoa. You, your job was Zach's reacts today. Did a good job. Your job will be stupid horse question on Friday. That's I'm not different. here Friday, so we'll have to do it. <laughs> All right, Thursday, that's so. right. Oh, jeez, man, oh, man. Maybe you can record it for us. Yeah, no um, doubt. <laughs> I liked the careless whisper metal version. Yeah, you're damn right. Zach's on the ones and twos, people. So I, I did my update, and I talked about the Los Val fraternity. We talked about that on Friday, obviously, ahead of the race. And then, um, obviously, the Remsen's been run this month, and we also had the Springboard Mile. And it's worth pointing out that the Los Al fraternity was run at the mile pace at least, a full two and a half seconds faster than the Springboard Mile in Remington in, in Oklahoma City. I have not changed my top five this coming Saturday at Fairgrounds. We're going to get the gun runner. We're going to see Nash back for Florent Giroux, excuse me, for Brad Cox, Florent Giroux up, Medaglia Doro is the, is the, is the sire there. And I, I have him number two in my, my Derby rankings right now. I think to me, he's starting to come around at the right time where this is the, the time of year where you want your two-year-old to really take the steps forward is in December, February, et cetera, this type of year get really great. And I think we're going to find out that, that, that hits very well. I didn't change my top five at all. I have Fierceness, who won the British Cup Juvenile in the one spot. That's Velasquez, Pletcher, a son of City of Light, owned by the Rapoli Group. He's all connected. All of that stuff makes sense to me. He's going to be in that in that conversation until he isn't. Knightsbridge, obviously. Uh, Bill Mott, trainee. James Graham, Nyquist. I've got him third. Muth, I think, is the best of the Bafferts right now. Son of uh, Good Magic. Juan Hernandez is going to have the them out there, I think, as long as as long as that horse takes him. Interesting release, by the way, that came out from the Starlight folks. And many of you know them from around here uh, with Authentic and with um, you know other horses that Baffert trained. And man, I, we talked about this. And, and Zach, you laughed that I had a Belmont, ta- a Belmont Stakes take six months in advance. They have said we're not going away from Baffert, which means they won't run in the Kentucky Derby. And there is a mile and a quarter, $2 million race waiting in Saratoga for that group. And I think you're already seeing the effects of that right now. That the Starlight Group has said, no, no, we're good. We'll just go to different races in the Kentucky Derby. 
I was on a different podcast a couple weeks ago with my friend Ron Flatter over at Horse Racing Nation. And I made the point that I thought people weren't looking at the grade level of races anymore. They were looking at the money. And the second you move away from a mile and a half and you move back to the 10 furlongs that they're going to run the Belmont at at Saratoga, and then you can just leave your horse there for the summer for the other major three-year-old races of the year, I think we're seeing the first of that. So don't expect Muth to be on many of those Derby Trail rankings. I've got him fourth right now in case they do decide to move him. I think the Baffert trainees are going to stay in his barn and they'll go to the Derby preps because there's money in Arkansas, in Louisiana, at the Santa Anita Derby, the places where Baffert likes to ship. But don't expect them to move out of his barn into a Tim Yachtin or an Asmussen or a Brown or whatever, or Pletcher. Expect them to stay home because the Preakness is still a million bucks. Still two million bucks to go to Belmont three weeks later. It's only a 10 furlongs. I think we finally saw that over the weekend uh, with that release uh, from the Starlight folks. And then I have Locked in the fifth spot. That's another Pletcher. Um, Who would have thought it, Zach? Todd Pletcher has a bunch of derby horses. How about that? Uh, Honorable mentions. I did put Doorknock, who won the... um, who won the uh, Ramson earlier this month up at Aqueduct in the, in the fourth spot. But I do have, I, I think, by the way, of, of, of the horses in that race, I think Sierra Leone, I think we talked about on the show, is the one to watch the next couple of months. I think he's coming into his own now, in the same way I feel about Nash this coming weekend in New Orleans. I think you're seeing that with Sierra Leone on that trail. Now, he's trained by Chad Brown. And I point out, and this is all at First Gen, firstgensports.com, look for Louis Rabot. easy to find my stuff there. Chad Brown's trail, Derby Trail giveaways, they're not easy to read because he keeps his horses in New York. He'll go to Lexington if he needs to for a late prep, but he keeps his horses in New York. So Sierra Leone's going to stay in New York, man. And the last winner of the Derby, Zach, do you know this? These are the things that you need to learn if you're going to hang out with me. The last winner of the Wood Memorial to also win the Kentucky Derby. You know who knows this actually is our girl, Avery Dill, because I've said it so many times. Fusaichi Pegasus in 2000. It has been a quarter century since the Wood Memorial winner won the Kentucky Derby. Don't tell me 2000 is a quarter century ago. Come on now. I'm sorry about that, but it is. So, interested to watch him. I think Sierra Leone's the best of those horses from that group going forward. Doorknock was obviously the best that day. No knock on him. Uh, but no change in my top five. Fascinated to watch that going forward. Speaking of horse racing, it is a birthday today for Mike Gandolfo. How about that? Mike Gandolfo's birthday today. He is 58 years old. Congratulations. Uh, that number may or may not be right. Uh, but uh, Happy birthday to Mike Gandolfo. Uh, he's got great hair. Um, he needs to shave the beard, but he's got great hair. Uh, it's, it's okay to say. Uh, he does a great job on the postgame shows. I hope people have enjoyed uh, getting to, to know Mike uh, through that and through the segment, obviously, here on Wednesdays as well. Um, I'm very good at remembering Mike's birthday, even though he forgets that I exist during December uh, because he, he likes to forget that horse racing exists after the Breeders' Cup. I don't blame him. It's all right. He gets to... He's like, he's like the bear of horse racing. He just hibernates. And I only bring it up because I'm jealous. That's all. <laughs> Who's your NFL MVP right now, Zach? Who you got? NFL MVP right now. Oh, my NFL MVP. Ooh. <sighs> Lamar or Brock Purdy? I'm going to say whoever wins that game next week. Okay. <laughs> Let him decide on the field. I've thought about, I like that. I thought about Dak Prescott, but then he... Did not play well yesterday, and that probably takes him out. I would pick Josh Allen if they didn't struggle early in the season. I, Brock Purdy. How about that? Lamar, or Lamar. Whoever wins that game next week. It's hard to argue. 
Because I don't think there's an obvious guy this year. Do you know, Brock Purdy, I was thinking about this. There are certain players that you watch, and I think DJ Wagner falls into this, and hear me out. <laughs> it's a convoluted take. DJ Wagner, Brock Purdy. That's in, Never thought I'd hear that combo. Where It's clear. It's clear. They're both athletic. They're both good. They stir the drink. Yes. They do all the stuff. But I don't know that it's necessarily pretty. It's not, I don't know that it's appealing to watch. But they get the damn job done, right? I mean, there's something about, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., you watch the swing, it's beautiful. Uh, Vince Carter plays basketball, it's smooth, it's athletic, it's beautiful. Yeah. Neither of those guys have that. <laughs> whatever that is, whatever that appeal to the eye is, um, I'm, I'm just not sure. Uh, Texter, did I see a video of Gandolfo in his car wearing a wave cap? If so, I love it. You did. That was on his way to hot yoga. Look, look. I got to defend my guy, Gandolfo. I'm not a hot yoga guy, but I'm also not in my 50s like Mike is. He may or may not be. So I'm not used to having to do the low impact workouts yet. And if Mike's sweating it out a bunch, you know, around a bunch of suburban moms, you got to do what you got to do. It is yep. what it is. <laughs> Brock Purdy. <laughs> he wants to get back to the NFL. Go ahead. Brock Purdy, by the way, said Christian McCaffrey should be MVP. I saw that. He's got 20 touchdowns this year. And I mean, he's the fourth player ever to have 1,000 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards or in four or more seasons. And he probably is the best all around running back in the NFL. He's doing Marshall Falk stuff. Yeah. He looks like Marshall Falk right now. That's, dude, that's, I never thought I would say that again. No. And there were people last year when he got traded to San Francisco, they're like, oh, that they gave up too much. I'm like, Christian McCaffrey Christian with McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan? Come on now. Yep, that's right. No, it's it's a... McCaffrey's not like that, by the way. He's not like DJ Wagner. You can just tell it's good. <laughs> it just, that's it, right. it's, good. it's just obvious. <laughs> and I'm not... By the way, I'm not bagging on DJ Wagner. It just... it it. There's something about the style. He obviously gets the job done. It, I, I really... I hope I'm right and he turns into whatever it is that he's capable of turning into in the spring. I really... I really hope. Yeah. Because that team could make a very deep run. I haven't gotten to do that yet on this... On this air, I haven't gotten to cover a team making a run in the tournament, and I'm hoping that we get to do that come the spring. But I, NFL MVP, I would lean Lamar right now. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think, I think I would. I think the 49ers are a more complete team than the Ravens are. Yeah, and, and, I think, and so I think you can point to more good players on the 49ers and just say, oh, Kittle, Bosa, yeah. Debo, like the Ravens, it's Lamar bust. Uh, Texter, Mike is 58. Is that the five four five five guy? He is the five four five five guy. I may have added a decade to his age. <laughs> so I'm a friend. Come on. Come on. Trying to have fun here, people. All right. Well, this is Roboa Co. Good show. Appreciate Mark's story. Fun to have a fun team to talk about. Um, you know, NFL stuff. We'll get back into the bowl games and stuff. Uh, keep those reactions coming. 437-9680 on the UPS Jobs text line the next couple of days uh, as well. A reminder, tomorrow we'll have Mark Ennison for the first hour of the show. Get those UofL questions ready. Uh, he and I will also talk. Uh, NFL and, and getting into the CFP and those things as well because Mark uh, acutely interested on the football side. We'll get into it with Gandalf on the 10 o'clock hour on Wednesday. Ben Roberts, the usual spot Thursday along with Jay Davis in the 11 on Friday as well. Uh, uh, Thursday, excuse me, as well. Uh, we'll get our guy Kevin Kilroy who was on the show for uh, many weeks back in. He's doing that work down in New Orleans. Get you ready ahead of those derby preps down in New Orleans on Friday. So fun week of shows coming up here on Rabo and Co. We'll get back at it at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We hope you will as well. Reminder, Bobby V after us. You get uh, round table at 3 o'clock, go 3 to 6. Drive over on 93.9. Uh, should pub my buddy uh, Mark Ennis over there as well uh, doing drive time on 93.9. 
My texture is that old enough to have enjoyed Edgerin James. Oh, I yeah. sure am. Yeah, That's when I formed into a Colts fan was Peyton Manning, Edgerin James, Edgy. Marvin Harrison. Oh, that yeah. stretch run, dude, that he, ugh. Unbelievable. All right, well, I'm Louis Rabot. This is Rabot and Co. We'll be back at it at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Hey, we hope you're here to keep those texts coming. Be part of the show uh, all week long here on ESPN 680. 1057. As Dan would always tell you, have a great day.